me and fly away. Hello out there, VMP Anthology Podcast listeners. We are back with a surprise drop in your feed. Here I am with what we are now doing every anthology. This is an episode where I recently took to our Discord to answer any and every question that our Discord community had about this box. This box being the Whalen Jennings anthology that Vinyl Me Please put out recently. There's still under 300-ish copies left of this, so if you're listening to this and you haven't bought it, go get one. But yeah, here is every question that anybody had on our Discord. And as a reminder, join the Discord. You can be part of the conversation around VMP releases, and you get to ask questions that might be on a podcast uh, a few days later. So without further ado, here is me answering questions with Paul Bass from Vinyl Me Please. And we are live. Welcome, one and all, to the uh, VMP Wayland Jennings Anthology Podcast Q&A extravaganza it's uh it's just a nice calm friday well morning for me early afternoon for you storf but how, how's it going it's still it's 11 a.m here so still technically morning oh, yeah you're only one yeah. hour ahead it's only one right. hour yeah uh but yeah man i'm doing good i've been awake real early taking phone calls and making phone calls about a record of the month and yeah it's been i've been working the horn i feel like i'm in 1987 the amount of phone calls that i've made today the amount of calls I've made today is more than I've made in like the last month. So I'm imagining you with one of those giant corded phones with the huge shoulder rest on the back of it. And then you got a cell phone here with the headset on top. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just working every phone. Yeah, this GIF. Somebody just posted a GIF of Kermit the Frog. I wish I looked that dignified when I talk on the <laughs> phone. Uh, that is that is not at all what I look like. I probably am like scratching my skin and like, <laughs> yeah. And I am I am wearing a red or a, a purple uh, sweatshirt. I had a red one on earlier this morning. Uh, yeah, just hey, wearing already, a already crew sweatshirt and sweatpants. Yeah, man, I was made a phone call this morning before I took a shower. That's how that's oh, how man. busy. That's... Yeah. Yeah, I'm you never you never like to hear that, but, but sometimes you got to do yeah, what you, you got to see yourself. Know? But no, yeah, I'm I'm extremely pumped, man. This is uh, these these Q and A things now have have become like a really fun thing to do, sort of at the end of the anthology experience, right? This is like the the final, like you know, I, it's not it's the opposite of whatever the starting gun is at the beginning of a marathon. I guess it's right. like. Yeah, crossing the ticker tape, like hitting the tape for me. So yep. like, yeah, it feels good that like this is this is it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I uh, it, for you, it's the end of your journey, and usually for me, it's near the beginning of mine because it's usually around when I just got the set. And I'm yeah, and yeah, we finally have started getting you these too. So I'm oh, very yeah. glad. And you're credited in this one, right? Or no? I know it brought a tear yeah. to my eye. Yeah, somebody make Polly a Discogs page. Uh, yes. for customer care yeah love it yeah just really hit the big times but mm-hmm. um yeah no i i was very uh very impressed with this set and uh i mean i'm impressed with most of most of our anthology sets i'll be real but like this one in particular another one of just bangers so yeah we uh yeah we really went crazy on this i think it's you know yeah i just this is one where you get it. Like I knew, I, like I know everything that's going into it the whole way. 
then yeah. it's still like I think it's easy in my seat to forget that at the end of all of the work that I have to put in, there will be this like beautiful physical manifestation <laughs> of all this work. And then like, you know, and you kind of forget cause I'm like working on all of the next things. And then this shows up and I'm just like, wow, we really did this. Like the, uh, the uncoded backs of all of the jackets so that it's like they're from the seventies, which is a thing that Steven always calls for. Like mm-hmm. he buys original copies and then checks if the back had coding, like, you know, making all of those decisions, I think the records sound impeccable and incredible. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, uh, this is sort of like a touchdown dance in the end. It's just like, we're spiking the ball. We're yeah. Celebrating well, now. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, do the cabbage patch on into the Q and a here. Uh, uh, and we actually got a question in the chat that I think okay. could be a good one to start with. Well, let's, let's do it. They get cutsies. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, there it is. Uh, how did you choose which albums? Because there's so many. Yeah, this is a good. And I think I talked about this on a like regular Q&A, but like this is a great place to do this. And I think I, I mentioned a little bit in the podcast, but so, you know, we, we did this Willie Nelson box, uh, which we worked, you know, closely with Willie's team on. And when that went as well as it did, it was like, okay, there needs to be another country box. And I knew right away it needed to be Whalen. Like a lot of his albums have not gotten quality reissues or really quality releases ever. Cause you know, his, his career was really in that period in the seventies where there was the oil crisis, which made Dynaflex vinyl pretty widespread. But then, you know, his label RCA, they did not, they did not treat country with the same respect that they treated the rock releases or the Miles Davis releases or, you know, they weren't putting as much work into the packaging, into the sound of the vinyl, into the mastering, all of those kind of things. It's like they just sort of were dumped because they knew that millions of people were going to buy them and it didn't matter so much the quality. And so like, And it was the same with Willie Nelson, too, in the 70s and 80s. So it was like, okay, here's an opportunity for us to do this. So I originally, it was eight albums always. And the original end of this box was in 1990, uh, was the last album that I had. Uh, It was going to be the album he made, the last album he made with Willie Nelson. It's basically like Whalen and Willie 3, but they call it Clean Shirt. Um, and it, the, the title track is really fun. It's this song about like, I'll, I'll be there if I can find it, find a clean shirt. It's basically the, oh, the, gotcha. the plot. It's like a classic, you know, country song theme. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, so, so it was like, okay, that's where it should end. Leather and lace was always in this box. Like that was the second to last one in my original version. So I pitched this. It goes to through Sony's A&R department, uh, this guy, Rob Santos, who has worked on Whalen projects going back like 20, 25 years at this point. Uh, and he was like, this is really great. Um, I'm wondering if we run this by Shooter uh, and see what Shooter thinks. And Shooter came back pretty quickly with, I don't know if you should put clean shirt in this box. Like, I think you could tell a much tidier story 
if you sort of end it at leather and lace because i think i can't remember which one of the records was not in there from the period that we have but one of them was not and so uh shooter was really the one who was like why not just tell this like id eight year story with eight albums and it was like shit like you're you're kind of right like this this would make it like a lot tidier instead of trying to get to the breadth of of mm. Waylon Jennings's catalog and yep. so yeah we end up um we end up deciding to end it with leather and lace adding in and really covering you know I think I call it in the liner notes booklet his imperial period where he was the king of country music like yep. this one just tells that story so that's how we ended up getting to the eight that were in the box there was really not that much back and forth it was really just like shooter being like I don't know if you need this sound from 1990 stop it yeah. earlier. and then it was like okay cool sounds good basically Let's nailed it first try yeah yeah it was one album got swapped out yeah nice all right uh that i think a, a variation of that question might show up later we'll on i can't remember uh i know there was one that was asking what other titles were considered so yeah there's that okay um the first batch of questions comes from uh ma is there any, are there plans for uh Waylon record in essentials? Uh, I think if we were going to do one, it would be wanted, right? The compilation with Willie and Tomple and Jesse. Um, to me, that feels like an essentials record. And there's a, a huge story around that. As far as his solo material, I feel like we've, we've gotten all of the best shit. Like we've done two country records of the month. We've done eight and I have plans for more country records of the month over the next, you know, years. Like the thing that's hard f to explain about my job is that I can't just do every single record that I like immediately. You gotta like yeah. think about, <laughs> think about this for a longer period of time, knowing that yeah. country could potentially have a 10 year run. I, I don't want to, do you know a Waylon Jennings record every six months? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. All right, uh, yeah, are there wait? So, yeah, Waylon store drops in the future. I know you were kind of mentioning other country, you know, I don't think any but... store drops in the immediate future. Um, yeah, I mean, the focus for us with Waylon has been on this box and the record yep. of the month this year. We haven't had any time to think about anything else, yeah. I don't know, in the immediate time to future. think about those things, even. Right. Yeah. So much. <laughs> um, okay. And then uh, in the first episode of the Wayland podcast, Shooter talks about an unreleased Jesse Coulter album. Do we know more about this story? Could it be released with VMP? He doesn't know where the tapes are. I don't believe. Ooh. I think he's maybe heard some of it, but like, I think it's a murky situation for who owns the tapes is what would be yep. the problem. Um, because Jesse was on Capitol while Whalen was on RCA, which are now owned by entirely different parent companies. And so like to be, you know, crass and frank, it's like somebody would have to make a lot of money on this shoot on this Jesse Coulter record for that to get sorted out. Like it just seems unlikely, you know, it's yeah. Jesse Coulter is a rounding error for universal in their streaming, you know, <laughs> like they have Drake, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so 
Yeah, it's it's a matter of like you have to get the right people to care about it at the right time. And so yeah. and I think that's what Shooter Shooter has the the you know, has heard part of it and knows it exists, but like whether or not he can get it released. If anybody can, it's Shooter Jennings. It's their yeah. kid asking yeah. for it. Yeah. So exactly. if Shooter wants help, I'm ready to help him. But yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Uh next up comes from our, our good old pal Forte. Um, let me see here. Yeah, they basically kind of ask, uh, you know, obviously this covers a narrower span of time, um, but they were interested, what uh, what would a career-spanning Whalen anthology look like? Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, and I think uh, this might end up answering the, like, what records are considered, you know, because the process for starting this is exactly the same as it was for all of the anthologies that I've executive produced and A&R'd is that I get literally everything. So I, I have listened to every Whalen Jennings record from his first one live at JD's that he recorded in Arizona until his record that he made with shooter called Phoenix sun. Um, that shooter had him sing country, his songs over like shooters, early electronic, uh, like sort of nine inch nails, industrial production. Right. Um, so like I, I listen to literally everything I'm talking group albums, duets, albums like, uh, that because I don't want to, like, I think the thing that sets us apart is that I, I want to give shine to records that have not gotten the attention that maybe I think they deserve. And so I'm never going to know if that like 1987 random Waylon Jennings record uh, is worth that without me spending time with it and thinking about it and, you know, listening to it. And in this case, you know, I went over to this record store uh, in Hopkins, Minnesota called Mill City Sounds. That's like 20 minutes from my house that they I bought like in one run, bought like 17 or 18 Whistlin Jennings records at once because they just had like tons of his catalog. So, um, yeah, I listened to everything. And so like a career spanning, I think I think I would have started if you were going to if the if the true mean was like let's tell the story of his career from the very early days to the end. I think you start with something uh, in that like mid sixties period when he first got there, like maybe the soundtrack for this movie called Nashville rebel that he made. Hmm. Um, That could be like a really fun record to start with. And then I think, you know, you, you include some of the, like maybe ladies love outlaws, like the record that's like right before uh, Lonesome Ownery and Mean and the Taker Tulsa. Like you start there, you get into the outlaw period. I think you still keep Leather and Lace because that's mm-hmm. like such a good record showing what his his time with Jesse Coulter was like. And then I think you end it at Clean Shirt, like I did, because like Whalen did some stuff in the '90s, but it's not uh, it's not like essential listening. It's like if you want to understand Whalen, you you listen to him, but like. If you're just trying to tell the story of his career, I think like ending with the Whale and Willie thing of like they both have outlasted their demons and outrun, you know, they're now like the elder statesmen of country by the end of yep. that. Maybe you throw in a Highwaymen record even too, the, that super group. But yeah, I think I think one of the beauties and one of the things that's really fun about doing the artist specific ones is like there are like almost endless amounts of versions that you could do with every artist we've done 
the artist specific ones with like, yeah. you know, with the exception of the miles Davis one, which we like, because there were a million options for miles Davis, we, we did a narrow focus box. Cause then that made it tidy. And that's a similar m- move here. It's like focus on a specific period. But like, yeah, there are basically, I would be excited about like 50 different iterations of the Waylon Jennings box set, you know? And the same goes for Quincy Jones. The same goes for Willie. The same goes for Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it is kind of crazy how how many uh, iterations there could be of all, literally every anthology we've ever done. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's so much, but... Yeah, I'm always like, yeah, people share it on, you know, socials or whatever. And I'm always like, yeah, that's really cool. But like, yeah, it's when the people are like, why didn't you do this iteration? And it's like, there is no like true best version of any of these, with the exception of maybe the Miles Davis thing, because it's like, those are pretty defined records, (laughs) you know, but like, yeah, there's like a million versions of every anthology we've done. Yeah. Like. Yeah, nobody's idea is necessarily better than others. This is just our picks, you know? Yeah, just yeah. our opinion. Love it. Um, oh, and their last question was, with all future, will all future anthologies have the writing in the dead whack? I don't think so. That This was just like a random thing. We, we could. Uh, this was just like a random thing that Steven, when like all of the, the way that it works like behind the scenes is like, we got all of the Whalen tapes sent to Sterling Sound at exactly the same time. And actually Taker and Tulsa too. Like all of them came. So oh, yeah. like one day Ryan Smith gets his mail and there are nine master tapes for Whalen Jennings records. And so he tells like our team, like, okay, the tapes are here. This is when it's getting scheduled to cut. And Steven and Kathleen were like, hey, they're going to cut Whalen starting on Thursday. You got any ideas for what you want in the dead wax? Ryan said he could write in it. And I was just like, okay. And then I did a quote from every, a song from each album because I was like, that'd be fun and like a fun reward if you actually look at the dead wax. Um, so we can. It's just really like somebody has to remember <laughs> and be like, what's an idea for what could go in here? I mean, we have toyed with the idea of doing, uh, bringing back the seven inch the like secret seven inch and then writing like hints in the dead wax uh, for records of the month and that kind of thing. Don't like, give me hope. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't you, don't you give we me want hope. to, it's just a matter of figuring it out when our plan is ready. I think it's yeah. a lot more likely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Our next batch of questions comes from Poto. Um, what was your elevator pitch for this anthology? Your quick pithy elevator pitch. Big pithy elevator pitch. Uh, is this, I mean, is this for somebody, why somebody should buy it? Or is yeah, it? Okay. I would say so. Uh, so my elevator pitch would be that Waylon Jennings, uh, more than any other country performer ever, has defined what it means to be a country star. Uh, and I think defined the bounds of what, country music could be in a way that no other artist before or since has done. Um, And I think he is like the singularly most important country performer uh, since Hank Williams. 
like you know until hank hank invented modern country in a lot of ways and then it's whalen willie is the greatest country songwriter of all time i think whalen is the single most important artist in terms of like creative freedom uh you know he's the first artist to completely get granted it in the major label system He's, you know, the guy who uh, really, like, invents crossover success, like, by making albums that rock kids will listen to. Johnny Cash did it with Folsom Prison, but, like, that was as much marketing as it was. Like, the music didn't change. Waylon changed his music and crossed over. Johnny Cash just played Johnny Cash records, and people bought them. Um, and I just think, yeah, he, he is the most singularly important. And these records are without question his eight most important minus honky tonk heroes, which we already did. So like, if you want the best sounding, the best quality versions of the best albums from the best and most important country artist of all time, you need to buy this box. Wonderful. That's a long that, elevator ride. But I was about to say we are on the 200th floor uh, and I'm late to my meeting, but thank you, sir. I will buy your box set. <laughs> and now i'm imagining yeah just like holding somebody by the shirt collar and saying that all to them right in their face yeah you literally you literally hit that stop button on that elevator and you're like i gotta talk to you <laughs> yeah, let me call the otis corporation to fix this elevator yeah yeah there you go. um yeah then they mentioned waylon and willie when uh, uh i don't know man like i, I you know as somebody who has both a waylon and a willie tattoo uh, those records, I, I recognize their importance, but they're not the ones that like for either artist that I immediately go to. So like, I mean, I think there's a world where that's a country record of the month in a few years, but like, I don't know that I'm like breaking my ankles to get that moving. I was definitely not on a phone call earlier this morning <laughs> about Whalen and Willie. If that it was not yeah. part of that was not yeah, part was of not, yeah. this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last one is, are you going to release his controversial guitar heavy album, Waylon, Waylon, while Waylon? That's a, that's a bit, right? That's not a real, I album. don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, how would I know, man? I, I, I literally am just real. learning about Waylon now. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a bit, uh, good bit. Poto hats off to you. What if it's not a bit? And he was like, no, no, no. You're, you obviously don't know a lot about it. Yeah, if that's because... true, it did not come up in my research. We can say And then that. sends you the Mediafire link to the download. <laughs> um, all right. Next, uh, next question comes from uh, Pepper Drop. I like this question. Um, how has this anthology specifically informed how you want to put anthologies together? Mm. Basically, like, what did you learn through this process that is going to inform future anthologies? That is a good question. I mean, I think I think being less afraid of narrowing the focus. Because I think mm. like the Miles Davis one felt like an obvious like focus narrower, right? Like we're doing yep. just electric electric years. Like that that one like felt outside. This one, I think yeah, I think there was some I had some nervousness and trepidation about like we're going to dramatically limit the era of this box. And so that has informed how we're looking like there's a box that I'm working on. Um, one of the female artists actually that we're talking to uh, that box, I think is actually maybe six years or seven years. Um, 
so yeah, I think that's that's been the major thing is like not being afraid of just like leaning into the the big period. Um, because I also think that there are artists that we are dealing with who are open to that approach. Because I think, you know, with Herbie Hancock, he wanted it literally to be start to finish. So that's why his debut and then that record he made with Joni Mitchell like 10 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago is in there. Like yep. He wanted it to truly have the breadth of his career. And Willie, the same thing. They wanted a record from the 2010s in it. And I think like that's not necessarily like so that's how we started tailoring our pitches was like you got to cover the breath. And that's not necessarily the right approach or for every artist or what every artist or their team wants. Yeah, they're okay leaning into like, let's do a tighter period. That's cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you might have to battle sometimes artists like. I don't know. I feel like some artists want to ignore the old stuff because they're like, but uh-huh. I'm still doing it. So you should care about my new stuff. And you're like, yeah, but we're not that. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? I can spoil. I mean, like we have talked about doing a Van Morrison box set, but from what we know about doing V Don fleece is like, he does not want Astro weeks or moon dance to be like talked about or re-released. So it's like, can you even do a Van Morrison box without his two best records. <laughs> you know, like we already did yeah. the third best. So it's like, yeah, there are certain artists where it's like, they don't want to talk about the really old stuff. And that would, that I mean, ultimately like makes it probably not likely that we do the box in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's very fair. Um, okay. Moving right along. Uh, Frozen Metalhead asks, was there a time early on when the oh okay this is this is the one I was thinking of they're just asking more about the uh, if it's more career spanning originally or if it was always a a, a narrower time frame it always started in the early seventies and yeah the only thing that was different was it was going to end in the ninety versus eighty one yep. and then they mentioned after the Willie anthology we got Willie and the family live soon after can they expect Waylon live uh, showing up anytime soon. Not anytime soon, behind the scenes, uh, between just us on this podcast, it will be distributed internationally. The reason that Willie and <laughs> family came so close after the Willie box was because it was supposed to be in the Willie box. But we didn't put it in there because it would have run the price up so high. Like we were, we knew that we needed to split that off because it was going to be so expensive because it took multiple recuts because of some of like live tape degradation. Like it just, it was a mess to get that one over the line. And then it was mm. like, okay, if that goes in the box, the Willie box, which was already spendy is going to go up another 40 or 50 bucks. And so it was like, let's just pull it out and do it as a store exclusive. So these are the tough calls that you got to make here. Yep. <laughs> tough calls. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, not having to tell also in the liner notes booklet, which was long already, I had like a long digression about Willie Nelson live shows that it was like, okay, good. We can just stop this. (laughs) Let's shorten everything up. Yeah. You don't need another thousand words in here about Willie Nelson live in the seventies. Yeah. That's very fair. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. And then their last question, uh, what are your top three Waylon albums pre-box, not including mm-hmm. Take Your Tulsa? And what are your top three post-box? Uh, so pre-box, um, Singer of Sad Songs, I think it's the one that he made with Lee Hazelwood. 
uh he okay. went out to la and made like this record that sort of sounds like a lee and nancy record but it's a whale and jennings record um okay. i like that one i love ladies love outlaws uh which was i think I think, and one version that I had before I presented, that was one of the records. I think I was going to start with that record. Um, and then I let's just say Nashville Rebel. I already brought that up. I really like that record. That's like a soundtrack situation. Um, Post Box, I think that record he made with Shooter is really interesting and just like also like, you know, it's father and son listening to them. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I definitely like the uh, will the only the strong survive. I think, and then the eagle. I love the eagle. I love the album cover. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but yeah, those late eighties Whalen records are really like fun crossover sort of records. They didn't have very many big hits, but I like late eighties. Like I like I, I'm like a, uh, a I know I'm not among the majority, but like late '80s Willie Whalen and Dolly Parton records like have a special place in my heart. They just they all like lean in a little bit to like synthesizers and like listening to them yeah. try to figure out what it what it meant to make records in the late '80s. Yeah, I, uh, I find really interesting. Yeah, any album like all those albums made by artists during a really pivotal moment in music history where there's been a huge shift in sound, I end up really liking those because they end up being really weird or just like interesting yeah. and like hearing, hearing bands try and keep up with trends. And you're like, this is a new, like there's a Slayer album that's like new metal ish. And it's oh, very nice. strange to hear Slayer do like new metal trends, but also at the same time as a new metal fan, it's like, I mean, it's not what I look for in Slayer, but I'm down, you know? So right. yeah, yeah, those, those, transitional albums are always fa fascinating yeah and i like the records where it's like you can hear somebody trying yeah like it's not just like you know let me you know dial up uh you know in whalen's case like dial up honky tonk heroes 2 right like he's trying he's trying to be current and he's like ultimately maybe failing but like that failing is more interesting to me than if he didn't try at all yeah you, and we're talk we we talk about the failures, but you know there's there's bands who have made the same album for years that no one talks about really. So, uh -huh. what do you Black keys <laughs> disturbed, <clears throat> but I like oh. it. Right, I'm not yeah. saying it's not, and I want something different, but like, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Let's see here. I lost my place. Okay. Let's see. Would ask the next question, but it's basically, um. Asking more again about like if we're going to be doing more store drops of uh, not not in that narrow path. So we've kind of answered that one already. Maybe, yeah. Never Maybe. say never. Yeah. And would if I paraphrased your question wrong and did not answer your question, DM me and I will apologize personally. Uh, Metro asks. Uh, I really did the concept of having an anthology of successive years in an artist's career. Having said that, what is the likelihood that we might see Waylon's Music Man down the line? I like and that record like, too. Do man. not use the terms vast nor unknown. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I like that record too. But again, like, I I know this is always disappointing to everybody because it's like you want the the instant gratification, but like we're gonna do this for a long time, presumably, right? Like we're both you just celebrated your eighth anniversary i celebrate my eighth in a month like yep. 
the the list of records that I thought were possible eight years ago, the the amount of records has not really gone down. <laughs> you know, so like it just yeah, it, anything is possible at Vinyl Me Please. You know, yeah, as long as the label exists and Vinyl Me Please exists, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. Uh, Poto comes back with another one. Uh, any fun facts you can share that did not make the podcast or listening notes? Uh, here's one. Uh, I didn't really work this work this into the liner notes because I couldn't neatly do it. But uh, Waylon Jennings was like a degenerate pinball player. I don't know if you know the history of pinball in the like, no. 50s and 60s. So pinball, pinball was outlawed. outlawed like, yeah. It was made illegal. And like Waylon Jennings uh, was like known in Nashville and like by police for like when he moved there in the 60s for being like, if you found an illegal pinball machine, uh, like Waylon Jennings likely would be next to it. Like that guy fucking loved playing pinball uh, to the point of like, you know, facing arrest and like, yeah, uh, which just like when you think about it, like knowing that, you know, what our society is like now, you think about pinball and you're like, how could anybody like get addicted to pinball? But then you realize like, what is the alternative in 1965? It's like there are three channels on TV and yeah. There is one flavor of beer, <laughs> you know, like, like there is not a, there is not a vast amount of entertainment options. And then like something fucking comes along that like it takes a quarter to play and you just like you spend you, you, you try to get a high score. Like there was nothing like this prior yeah. to this. And so like, yeah, he was like sucked into pinball and oh, yeah, cocaine and rhinestones. Uh, they did an episode on the pinball, like, cause Nashville was like their, uh, their like mayor was like vehemently anti pinball. Like he was like, we are going to eradicate pinball that was from, his platform. from Nashville. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, and it was like, and it was so scary to people at the time. Cause it was like kids, you know, like, you know blank out like their eyes would blank out and they'd just be playing pinball so yeah he was a degenerate pinball player um a fun fact that didn't make i mean it made the liner notes so i'll say it here in case people haven't read it is like the uh the story of the fbi and the cia tracking a kilo of cocaine from pablo escobar to la directly to Waylon Jennings. Like he had a direct line to Escobar in the seventies and that cocaine, the, he only got away because they had the wrong address for the studio. Like uh, they, I think I can't remember. I, I have it right in the liner notes. Now I can't of course remember, but it was either the cocaine was in the studio and they had a warrant for the office or vice versa. And he, his drummer was able to flush the cocaine down a toilet by the time they were able to get to a judge to like, and it was like a full kilo of, of, uh, you know, Escobar uncut Coke. I so can't like, imagine that's yeah. good for your plumbing. <laughs> no, I bet not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. The, so he was a, 
like people talk about like oh fleetwood mac fleetwood mac like they were the cocaine band of the 70s and it's like yeah they had prodigious but did they have a direct line to escobar that was tracked by the cia like wild yeah absolutely wild yeah what a story (laughs) um all right we only got a couple more left um formerly interesting asked did I take away correctly that Waylon swapped his cocaine habit for cigarettes? I think that's what I understood from the podcast. I was surprised to learn that he didn't drink. Shocked almost. Yeah, did not did not drink. Was a prodigious user of cocaine. But yeah, he traded uh, cocaine for cigarettes. And I did the math because he would smoke six packs a day. Uh, which works out to a cigarette like every four minutes or something like that. Like the guy was a, a literal chimney. Uh, that is insane. Yeah, and I actually know uh, our guy at Rhino, like the guy we talk to all the time, Royal. Uh, when Whalen passed away in the early two thousands, they did an estate sale, and I think he owns Whalen Jennings bar stools, like from oh. his thing, from his like bar, and I'm pretty sure he owns an ashtray because Dang. he was like, if if it's anybody you're gonna get an ashtray from, it's the guy who smoked six packs a day. For like 20 years <laughs> like, you know that how much time he spent around that ashtray but he said that that the chairs smelled like cigarettes to like an unbelievable degree <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> my my asthma is already uncomfortable just hearing about i know yeah you get like that. a scratchy throat thinking about it yeah and, that's uh, insane yeah that's that's crazy oh mtech said his friend is a pilot for bob seeger and he smokes more than that how is that even possible? I don't, especially at his age at this point. Tell your friend to tell Bob Seeger to call me. I would love to yeah. get Bob Seeger records. Yeah. I've been, I've been asking for that for years. Yeah. I love, we would do, yeah, night moves, baby. Like, oh, well, yeah. That's, that's the, that's the obvious. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Mpeg. Yeah. Imagine seriously, that thanks. is how this Night moves out. used to be my pregame music before I, when I still drank, I always had to listen to night moves as I was leaving. Like, yeah. That's the way. Yeah. That is that is so solid, and I love that for you. <laughs> um, all right, last question, Frozen Metalhead. I think both the podcast and liner notes made a bit of reference to the importance slash popularity of the Outlaws record. Can we expect to see that someday in the store? Again, probably. Um, if there was ever a Waylon Jennings record that would get essentials that wasn't Honky Tonk Heroes, it would be the Wanted record. Um, I think that that's honestly too big for country, our country subscription. Like it's, that's one that would get upstream to essentials. So if you see it from us, it'll either be in the store or in essentials, I think. Oh yeah. Well, any, uh, any last minute comments on Waylon here? No, thanks everybody for, uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for sending in questions and for buying this again. Like it's supremely surreal that we get to do this as a job. Uh, that people buy these box sets that we work on. So I'm glad that everybody seems to be enjoying this and yeah, excited for, for what's next in VMP anthology. Any, uh, any hints, tiny little morsels of information that you want to just recklessly let loose? Uh, I would say that the, uh, there's going to be a repress in Q1. I'm talking about doing another repress next year. Uh, for a different box that I can tell you about later. 
and then, yeah, I would say that there probably won't be like a brand new anthology until end of Q1, early Q2. Um, they're just not coming together as quickly as we maybe thought. Uh, but there is going to be a release, hopefully in January, like I'm knocking on wood, uh, of a of a ja- a single jazz album that basically we are doing an anthology of a single jazz album. This this is the thing that everybody has been uh, asking. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and it's okay. it's taking a while to come together because we are doing the absolute blowout like our creative team has been running absolutely nuts on this thing Mm -hmm. and we have been talking to estates i like i have been on multiple calls with like we're trying to find original photography from the cover like we are we are doing like the most extreme research and tracking down of stuff for a single album that we have ever done in my time here so uh and we are doing doing that in a way that it will ultimately be a box set devoted to a single album so Mm. yeah yeah and and for the yeah for the small people the small amount of people here and uh for everybody else that ends up listening to this this is the thing i'm gonna let the secret out now this is the thing that the discord mistakenly thinks i walked out of the room of in excitement (laughs) It yeah, wasn't. It was not this. It was not this, and I don't know how it this became that. Uh, yeah. But I'm still very excited. This was the thing that I said when I heard about it. I w- I don't listen to much jazz, but this one perked my interest. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, peaked my yeah. interest. Excuse me. But the yeah, thing you stepped like, away for was a was a bigger, much bigger thing than a single release. Yeah, much bigger. Much, yeah. I mean, in my opinion. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say way more complex, at least. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 the thing. Yeah, way more complex, way more moving. Thing that you got mad at me on a meet because Cam said it on a meeting, and you were like, "Why didn't you tell me to me?" And I was like, "I thought I did. I'm sorry, buddy." And yeah, you stood up and left the left the room. And I left, but I came back. It's all good. But uh, But yeah, that jazz thing. I'm hoping beyond hope that we can put it up for pre order in January. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, don't don't be mad or upset if it doesn't happen because it's really the delays at this point are because we are we are doing uh way and absurdly beyond what what we would ever even do for a single album. It's like as, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. As but the youth would say, it. we're going sicko mode on it. We are absolutely going sicko mode on oh. a single jazz album box. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh, eight yeah. LPs. I think <laughs> like, it's it's oh, it's truly going to be the biggest sicko mode of all time for us. Yeah, and Love people it. are going to be very furious on Reddit about it. But fuck it, yeah. Yeah. they're furious about everything these yeah. days. I, I pray know. for them. Yeah. Well, that's all of our questions. It's all the time we have today. Uh, Storf, thank you so much for the time. As always, uh, and Paulie, thank you for hosting. As always, buddy, these are oh, always fun. Of yeah, and thank you for all of those that joined us live uh, to listen to this. Uh, you're the Cool Kids Club. For everybody else that's listening to this later, you're still a cool kid, but you're not in the club. You get in the club by showing up live. That's all I'll say. But, uh, and nobody should post the 8LP jazz thing. Don't post it. Make people listen to this. Yeah. Force yeah. them to do their own homework. Don't do their homework for you. 
for yeah, them. Don't, don't let them show up late to class and copy your notes, okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we got. We'll see y'all next time. Let's go to Luke and Doc, Texas with Waylon and Willie and the boys. This successful life we're living got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoys. This episode of the VMP Anthology Podcast was hosted by Paul Bass. It was edited by Sidney Berlinger. It was executive produced by Andrew Winnestorfer. A special thank you to our Discord community for coming and asking questions about this Whalen Anthology box set. Without you, this episode would not have been possible. So thank you for coming through, and thank you for being the best Discord on the internet. Also, thanks to Shooter Jennings for helping out on this box and for appearing on this season of the VMP Anthology podcast. Without him, uh, this box would have looked a lot differently, and this podcast would have been a lot differently, so we're indebted to him. Look out for Shooter Jennings records in VMP, hopefully soon. And with that, I think that ends this season of the VMP Anthology podcast. Uh, we'll see what episode what season comes next uh it might be memphis rap it might be impulse you will find out when we find out so stay tuned for the next season of vmp anthology podcast and thanks for listening and as a reminder listen to more waylon jennings successful life for living got us like the